0: Toronto Maple Leaf season may be down and out, but the real Kipper and Bourne show is still standing. Well, actually, we're sitting, but you get the point. We're plowing on. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee. We're back at it. Well, we got no team. What are we going to talk about for the next two hours? I don't know. (laughs)
1: Sammy, Sammy printed me a forest worth of information, so let's go through some of that. (laughs)
0: Working his bag off. (laughs) First of all, uh, here we are. We're right in the second round. Yep. Tampa Bay versus Florida, which is an intriguing matchup. Theoretically, yep. Theoretically. Sammy, is it too early to watch that Uh, series for you? uh, Thinking, what if?
2: I I will say that if I didn't, produce, and contribute to a hockey show, I would not have watched one millisecond
1: of that game. But you do, and you did.
2: But I did feel compelled, because of the show, to dive in. And I will say the first period was hard. Hard. Hard to watch. Maybe Like watching
1: your ex-girlfriend's wedding or something?
2: Maybe because it was just boring. I felt like it was a pretty boring first period. I didn't really feel like it was a lot going on. Then Tampa kind of heated up a little bit. And then... But then that's when it kind of was like, oh, God, I've seen this before. Now I'm, now I'm getting PTSD of them heating up, and I'm feeling crappy about that,
0: too. It was just a whole it was just crappy experience all the way around. And then Kucherov took over. Ooh, remember which him? Which we didn't really see that Kucherov in the first round. We no, didn't.
1: No, he was, like, less engaged and which should have been an open door. That's another painful truth is that he was not as best Kucherov in that first round.
0: Which is a scary thought again. If, if you're the Leafs and you came that close, but Kucherov wasn't really the, the the Kucherov that he was even in the back half of last night's game. Point was hurt in game seven. Point was gone. Stamkos was in a huge factor in game seven. Sorelli limping around. This is awesome stuff, guys. <laughs>
1: this <laughs> is hot content. <laughs> for
2: yeah.
0: Very compelling. <laughs> <laughs> no. Compelling and rich. <laughs> well, we still got a great show. We'll get a few laughs in. We'll dissect a little bit more on where we are 24 hours later. And no huge surprises on the the press conference 24 hours later. And while the players will always give you the the cliches, we'll be better next year, Mm -hmm. we'll work harder. The real story yesterday was... Brendan Shanahan and, and Kyle Dubis, and here we are 24 hours later. And where is the the vibe on what they said? Do you feel like it was uh, it was split amongst people that buy in, or is there more people asking questions? Have you talked to anyone who is
1: satisfied by, by what they heard? I mean, I did a, an hour with the morning show, and I know my my boy JD Bunkus. Uh, Not pleased with the press conference, but anyone I talked to, everyone was just, it felt out of touch, and it wasn't, it didn't strike the right chord where people were mad and wanted some frustration too. They wanted wanted some, I don't know, a pound of flesh, I guess, Kepper. Yeah, I don't have... Many
2: positive things in my life being said to me by all the Leaf fans in my life about what happened yesterday. And I, I think there is the sort of, I guess you would say, left-leaning, more dubious support side of it. The side that I'm getting is, what do you expect them to say? I didn't... What do you expect them to say is something that I've heard from some of my, fr- my, my friends who are Leaf fans. What did you expect? Well... And I guess that's a fair point,
0: No. It is, and uh, I didn't... I wanted I, anger. I didn't pertain to uh, uh, catch the whole morning show, but were you on today with J.D.? Yeah. And the one the, the one thing that I did hear is that uh, he thought there was a tremendous amount of arrogance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think we said, we didn't use that exact word, but I think we mentioned whether it's entitleness or this sort of smugness at times that...
0: So if there was a a little bit less of a tone on that and a little bit more of we need to find answers, would that, would Lee fans have felt better on that?
1: Yeah. Like we did say on the Monday before all the press conferences, like what could they say on the Tuesday that would have made people happy? Almost nothing. But that I think was what was missing most.
0: Could they have direction? Could they have felt worse? Would, would it have helped if they would have felt worse? Probably. Like, someone, Jason Spezza gets a
1: huge pass because he was in pain.
0: Can maybe someone cry?
2: How about, some, <laughs> how about some tears, boys? Yeah. How about, like, some tears running down Shannon's face and being like, I feel this. How about not smiling when somebody's asking you a tough question? How about that? And the Is question good place was to start?
1: about people feeling entitled, I think. Was it well, not? No, too comfortable. I mean, D-
2: Dave McCarthy, who covers it for NHL.com, covers the leaf, asked him if, he was, if there was a comfort, a sense of comfort with the Leafs, and he just smiled at him, And I, I thought that right there sort of encapsulates what the sort of, they, the mentality they have. Is that I don't even need to worry about a tough question because I am comfortable. I don't have to worry about what you say to me. I don't have to worry about any of this because guess what? Next year, I'm going to be sitting in this exact same spot. Didn't you feel that? I do. I, I agree.
0: There is the, uh, the sense that uh, we, we've played this record before. And it's skipping right now.
1: Yeah. But don't you feel like, you know, you asked the question, who above Shanny is paying attention or how close they are or whatever. Don't you feel like this fan base holds the final hammer? Like if everyone was sick of it and saying, we don't trust this group. They've, we've lost faith in them. Don't you think the noise could come they, from the fans?
0: But they 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 said that last year when they lost to Montreal. Did they? Sammy. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. The the vitriol last year. Wasn't
0: it, we don't care about 82 games
2: last year? The vitriol last year was much stronger than it is this year. There's no comparison between the feelings. This year is there's this, the scary word for, I think, a lot of Leaf people is there's a complacency now and a feeling now where it's like, you know what, that one wasn't necessarily as bad, but, like, I don't know if I can go through this again,
1: you know? You know, I I wonder if there is an internal complacency, and I say I wonder because I'm skeptical that there is, but I get the idea of not promising something is going to happen in case you're not able to make it happen, but that's where I think I'm getting lost in the whole thing is that going into Tuesday, I think the onus was on the GM and the president to show the fans a new direction. Somewhere... To a shred of hope. You know, this is where we feel we can improve. This is where we want to get better. Like narrow the field of vision a little bit. To me, standing where we are right now, they could go in any direction, 360 degrees. Nothing was hinted at for what comes next.
0: Yeah. No, it was hinted that we like our group and we're going to stick with them and we're going to give them another chance. <sighs> Didn't you get that?
1: I yeah. Didn't you? Yes. I,
0: I, I would have had at some point, it, it would have at some point I would have liked them to feel a little worse than they did. Yeah. That's all. And maybe uh who who should feel safe? We know who we know who's safe. Right? We really do. But You mean with ownership or sorry, front office? Everybody. At yeah. least, if you were employed by MLS E. Who's going into next year feeling safe and who shouldn't feel safe?
1: Mm-hmm. No one should feel safe except Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a few more. Morgan hasn't even kicked in a 7.5. Okay. <laughs> not yeah. on
1: my list. Not on the list. Nope. Not, not on my list. Yeah. I know you can't trade him, Kipper. I know. Okay. I know. You, you, I get it. Right? I'm being stubborn. Yeah.
0: Uh, it just would have been nice for someone to say that others aren't safe. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get. Nobody is safe, but you didn't have to make everybody feel like everybody should feel fine in that warm blanket around you. And we're gonna get another try.
1: You know who is the goal scorer for Florida? Uh, last night is Anthony Duclair. Mm. Duclair had 31 goals this season, and he was a healthy scratch in game six of round one because they didn't like how he was playing. 31. Who had that many? Nylander, yeah, he got around
2: there, I yeah, maybe. A couple more well,
1: than that. When we talked about accountability, can you imagine the healthy Nylander in game six? I know they're not the same player. DeClaire is not Nylander. I'm not saying he is. But that's pretty crazy that they felt comfortable healthying a 30-goal score. And it comes back to this team where no one at any point in this season, not game 27, 37, 57, 107, didn't get that far,
0: was, you know, so held accountable. Clearly, we have a little bit more to talk about we on the lots, Toronto Maple but- Leafs. We also have, uh, later on in the show, Hockey Hall of Famer Brian Leach will join us. Brian Leach. Who, coincidentally, is, was on the last Leaf team that won a game seven.
1: Wait, isn't Brian Leach older?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. I mean, that just tells you right there.
2: <laughs> if that doesn't tell you what's going on, then, like, do you want to hear some of the other names of that team? Yes. Uh, okay, we have Matt Sundin, Brian McCabe, Joe Newendike, Gary Roberts, Owen Nolan, Darcy Tucker, Robert Reichel, Alexander McGilney. Oh, man. <laughs> Michael Renberg. <laughs> what it's, a team. Yeah, Unbelievable team. You get all those guys in your in their primes,
1: you're winning a cup.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, may I add the Seattle Kraken general manager, Ron Francis, on that team as well. Oh, so what? Yeah, they so made, they traded for him at the deadline. they are la- being very very excited about that.
0: The the last team to win a game 7 and mm-hmm. the last team to actually advance was Brian Leach was on that team. All right. You well, know, we will we're of course going to talk to him about the New York Rangers uh starting their second round and maybe what his thoughts on uh, on a guy like uh Adam Fox. But mm-hmm. we may have to ask him about <laughs> 2000 and <laughs> so- uh
2: 2004, was I, it? Yeah.
0: 2004. When he
2: got traded to the Leafs, because it's, it's a different era, right, where you're not watching other teams closely. Like, it's not like you have NHL center ice or whatever, Rogers, so you're not able to watch teams. When he got traded to the Leafs, the first game he played on the Toronto Maple Leafs took my breath away. I was like, oh, my God. God, <laughs> Brian Leach is unbelievable. Like, yeah. the 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 player that he was, his ability to, like, and he was at an advanced age at this point. I think, what was he? He was 35 when he was playing on the Leafs. But just his ability to move the puck, and I, he was one of my favorite. I think he only played. He played 15 regular season games for the Leafs and however many they played in the playoffs. But, man, what a breath
0: of fresh air he was on the Leafs. I was yeah. so excited. 2004, mm-hmm. which means... If we look at the last six years of failed attempts to get out of the first round, it's really hard not to uh, talk about it without at least looking in the rearview mirror and figuring out or trying to tie ends to why this happened again. Mm-hmm. And just to throw it out in a, in a general sense, if if you were to think of maybe one particular thing off the top of your head on on why the Leafs failed again in the first round. What would what would come to mind for you, JB? I'll start with you. Well listen, I'm coming off a couple of days of picking through this pretty
1: heavily with you. And you and I have walked yeah. it back to the Neilander contract okay. and signing Tavares,
0: which is very right. big pitcher stuff. All right, listen, and I don't I don't necessarily want to rehash that. Right. I'm just I'm just spitballing here yeah. on on what Maybe everybody else is feeling as well, mm-hmm. because to understand where you might be heading it 's really hard to do that without understanding where you 've come from and how you got here yep. there there's a history here I think that that still needs to be understood a little bit better by by truly fans to to understand it so so you're going with uh contracts, yeah, yeah, okay. I think
1: it's put them in such a squeeze that they 've had to do they're constantly. Bending over backwards, trying to find the next value guy because they have nothing to spend.
0: Sammy, are you there too as well? Uh, just to to JB's uh, JB's points on uh, maybe the salary cap, the money issue. Is that is that your first thought? Honestly, my first thought is laundry. They wear blue and white, but I'll, I'll,
2: outside of that, huh? the the cursy stuff comes to mind. But I think honestly, it would probably be. Special teams and goaltending would be my biggest reasons in the years past. I think maybe this year the goaltending maybe not an excuse. I think maybe he could have had a couple better games. But if you look back at years before, you think of some of the Freddie Anderson years and some of the stuff that he let in. You think of Jack Campbell versus Carey Price last year. The special teams has never been good. In these playoff series, that's what it's always come down to. And that's really what I would get to at it.
1: Those are really good. I like those, and I would love to hear your answer to your own question. Yeah,
0: I'm going to get there. Okay. I promise you. I'm going to go get there. All right. uh, For me, it's... uh, Okay, I'll tell you in a nutshell. And it's development. Okay. Development. Development. Looking
1: at the lack of guys contributing
0: on ELCs to this team. Yes. Hmm. So, before we probably dive into a a little bit more of that, uh, if we go back to... When did when did that when when did the build truly start for you guys? Shanahan. Brendan Shanahan.
2: Yeah, Brendan Shanahan, the year that they completely stripped down the 2013 sort of, you know, team that went on that yeah. that lost in the first round too. But the 2013 team that lost in heartbreaking fashion to the Bruins and they kind of stripped it down after that. So, so that's uh, when I would
1: say this era has
2: sort of begun. So
0: Brendan was hired he was hired uh, April eleventh, April
1: of twenty fourteen, of twenty
0: fourteen. Yeah. See, I think that the the true build started for me when, uh, yeah, when they drafted Austin Matthews. Really. So that's uh, you know, Mitch Marner 16? was a, Mitch Marner was the year before, correct? Yeah. It was Willie. It was w- Willie, Mitch, and Austin in that order. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. So, so of course, eighth, eighth, fourth, you, and you're, first. You're getting top five picks in Willie and and, and Mitch, but the one that really took Lee fans to another level was the first pick overall. Right. Right.
1: Yep. And, would, and the very next year, Kipper is the start of our six years of first round exits. They made the playoffs the yeah. first year with Austin Matthews after getting first pick overall. It was a remarkable turnaround.
0: And with Willie and and Mitch. Uh, you knew there were good players and there were going to be uh, blue chip, but you just weren't sure.
1: For Mitch, it was like, right? could he do it at that size at this level? Because so few players can. Well, uh, resounding yes. The
0: answer was no early because they they looked at him like he was a ninth round, ninth, ninth round draft pick. They sent him back to junior, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't even get to play his first year. Right. Yeah, but then he completely yes. dominated the
2: OHL and won yeah. the Memorial Cup which probably didn't hurt his development.
1: No, that was probably a plus. Yeah, I would say.
0: Yeah. Anyways, where would where would you f- be f- with uh the decision of Kyle Dubas over Lou Lamorell? Where where would that fit in in big stories on potentially leading you to your sixth exit in the first round? Saturday night.
1: Well, I, I think it's defining for what this is, right? Like this is, this whole look now is exclusively Dubas, right? It's a bunch of guys that skill guys that have um, offensive upside that you hope you can coach the defense into them. And yeah, I mean, it would look fundamentally different with Lou Lamorello. I mean, it, five, six, seven, a, eight players different. It's a fascinating. What if, if God, I wish we could explore that multiverse. Truly, I would because love to know how that would
2: look. Who was the team that was sniffing around? First. Who was the Colorado, was Colorado that was sniffing around Dubas, right? Yes. So they made it, him an offer. They made him an offer, and then they came back. They brought him back, and then the next year they they let Lou go. You know. and I I don't know. I don't know if it would okay. be better. I'm try. I want to sit here and say that Lou would have. Done this and done that. Maybe shaved a couple million off the negotiations or and whatever. But look what the, like, was, are the Islanders in a great shape right now? I don't know. Matt, well, it's tough. still be here.
0: Brendan Shanahan was two years in as president with that big decision. Would it have been a two or three?
1: Three. I feel like three. Because Dubis has had the reins for four years, yeah. which takes him like, to
0: 2017-18. You want you to go back and talk about a, a ballsy decision? Yeah. That was huge and at the time you weigh out the pros and cons you got the ultimate general manager who's one and as well respected as anybody in the game yeah and then you go completely the other way like just really think for a second on on how big of a decision yeah. to go from one extreme to the other and Kyle came in in a relatively... Kyle was Bitcoin. Shani Sh- Sh- was in on the crypto boom. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was like... He saw the new wave and he was going
1: to get in early and ride it to the top. And and I be- buy that for
0: a dollar. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. That's actually a great He comparison. is Bitcoin. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it, Bitcoin's crashing huh? yeah. I,
3: don't, I don't follow it, so... I don't know. I don't
0: know. Yeah. But uh, uh, we, do, you don't know until you know. Yeah. And I still give brendan a little bit of credit for having the gonads to do it yeah because not many would have right really when you truly think about it not many would have i agree when, when you really look at at where kyle was and how short of a time to get in that position mm-hmm. and i remember like talking to people in my inner circle of course i'm I'm in my mid 50s and I've lived it and breathed it for at the pro level for over 30 years. And I talked to everybody. Yeah. And there wasn't too many people going, Are you kidding me? Like, who's Kyle Dubis? Mm -hmm. And there are people that have been in our industry that has like scratched and crawled their way up the ladder. Yeah. And years of, scouting to I don't know assistant general manager and sometimes you got to run that for five or ten years and hey be patient you're learning you'll get your time get your time and then you got Kyle coming in who's he's in the fast lane at Disneyland, right? And you've, you're in line for, like, three hours to go on this roller coaster. <laughs> and you're, fast and you're looking, at this guy, and he's, uh, hey, how you doing, sucker? You don't have one of these passes? <laughs> you, you don't it, have a fast pass, <laughs> sucker? You can't go to
2: a
1: – this is a side. You can't go to a theme park without one of those.
0: You, you got to spend the, the money. money. Yeah, 100%, right? Yeah.
3: You,
1: you know what, though? And, you, you know what the best thing to happen to Kyle Dubas was? Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein winning championships with the, the Boston Red Sox. At, and the Cubs was yeah. he twenty eight and then the Cubs at twenty yeah. yeah. eight and this boy genius idea of someone who's going to come and outthink right? the game and revolution
0: exactly
1: that's what people see is and the, the analytics
0: right yeah. it's just a whole new world so there's a whole new lingo out there yeah right that 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 your your traditional conventional hockey guy is just not in tune and again for Brendan Shanahan now to bring someone in and hear a different voice a different angle like, it's a it's a big chance on his part to go in a different direction and just not whether he's right or wrong yeah but was, just the mere fact that you had the guts to do it mm-hmm. tells you that you were thinking outside the box that you weren't going to go down that that traditional way
1: and if i can you know the decision that shanahan made has left the Leafs a very good hockey team. You know, like, they, it's not like he picked a guy and they have been a resounding flop. Like, Dubas didn't know how to do it. They had 115 points this season. They produced a pretty good hockey team. But it's the difference of people believe that what Lou built in Long Island was a playoff-style team. Mm. How different would it look had he not made that decision is the one we're stuck here going, I don't know. Maybe they're a worst regular season team. Maybe they're just a worst team. Maybe they win a cup by now. I, I mean, it's impossible to know, but you're right. That fundamentally altered the course of how the and team looked for I, the years to come.
2: I think probably the reason we're still sitting here with Kyle Dubas as the general manager and, and Sheldon Keefe is because of how, and to steal a line from Austin Matthews, how hard that uh, Shanahan put his balls in the line for Dubas. And to make that decision to fire a yes. legend. Yeah. Right. I think that's probably why we're still sitting here and with this.
0: He's not ready to give up on that.
2: That's what I mean. For I, sure. And I think he's he's gotta stick to his guns a little yes. bit here. And if it doesn't work this year, then I'm still <laughs> not convinced. Eh, maybe this year. Eh, whatever, you know.
1: You know, one we're thing we safe. talked about this morning, would you rather see them stay true to this vision and do it again, or just suddenly like it's not working, listen to all of us idiots, and make a billion changes and go get a bunch of different, you know, heavier guys. Would you rather see it through? So I can't do this
0: again. <laughs> before, um, uh, before we move on 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 this topic of, of Lou and Kyle, I I can tell you that from the information that I had gathered back then, prior to the decision to go uh, and get uh, Tavares, mm-hmm. Lou's philosophy when it came to Mitch Marner. And Austin Matthews was to treat both of them the exact same way Chicago treated Taves and Kane. Mm -hmm. That he wanted both those guys to pretty much have similar contracts. Mm -hmm. And once, of course, Tavares came in at 11, it just blew the roof off of it.
2: Right. And they got... Listen, I will say this for for Dubas in terms of the contracts and stuff, it, they really did get unlucky with the inflation of contracts at the time when all these guys were due up. Like, you look back at some of the contracts.
0: Jack Eichel, buddy. But just, he, just look no further than Jack Nathan Eichel. Nathan McKinnon.
2: You Think of Nathan McKinnon when he, he came six, up. 6-3. Yeah. You think of Brad Marchand. Who, so these guys who signed these contracts, that set the precedent yeah. on their own teams, right?
0: Yeah, but let me tell you, Sammy, that any general manager... Has always got that that ace in his sleeve that says, "We don't care how anyone else runs it. This is our internal salary cap." Well, and not to okay? mention Kipper, this is the way it is here. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what they did, but, but it does matter the moment Tavares came in mm-hmm. and went eleven because that's on your team. Because that is. But, you that's know, the new standard. So
1: we, we talk about what you know. Sammy's talking about. There's this inflation of contract. I remember that summer it was going to be like, there's all these RFAs that, that are going to get paid huge money. People are going to try to lock them up to longer term deal. Instead of these bridges, these RFA deals are going to go like this. Leafs went first, Marner's at 10, whatever he ended up with. And then Colorado was like, oh, no, 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 that's an outlier contract. That's so far out of the scope of okay that we're giving Miko Ranton a 9.5. You know, like, it immediately was a bad contract. And bread so, and point. Yeah, because other teams it, just did what you said, Kipper, and said, uh. But I, I, I mean, I'm not to,
2: to go too far onto Kipper's side, but I don't think that's a bad contract anymore.
0: No, it's Marner.
2: not. And when, it's it was not. Si- when it was signed, it was bad. But, it's but not, now it's not as bad. Yeah.
1: It's only as bad as it is when you sign it, though, right? Like, if other people are signing for good players at similar dollars. I agree that Mitch Marner is one of the, whatever, but, the 10 best players in the league. But the, the
0: mere fact that you're in year, and three, year, year uh, three and four and it's uh, a standard contract, you need these. For you to have true success, you have to have dated contracts for your stars. Yeah.
1: And that was the idea, though, right? That the cap was going to go like this, and their contracts would look better and better. And right now, it'd be like, what a bargain!
0: So if if Lou would have stuck around and needed to bite the bullet, he would have been right up around ten million for Austin. Yeah, and Austin would have probably bit on ten. Yeah, for eight. That's that. Which would have put Mitch at nine, nine two. God, that sounds good. Right? God, give me both those contracts. But <laughs> now we're talking the difference of between the two of them alone, maybe $5 million. All of these
1: little mistakes, though, got compounded by the pandemic. And so this is, Sammy, why don't you say what you have to say? Though? Well, I was just going to
2: say that the one side of the Lou-Kyle debate that I will hear, because I I do kind of hate the debate in terms of... I anyways, generally do, too. But, I, but if, if you
1: don't do it now, no, when this do you this is do a do good...
2: De- right now is okay. Yeah. I just... I think Lou would have got a better done a better job with the contracts. I, I do believe. I, that. I,
1: I agree with that. I that's that's
2: the that. one side that I will go down. That I think Lou would have negotiated better
1: on the contracts. So when we talked about what we wanted to talk about on the show today, Kipper, um, one of the things that you had mentioned and and I agreed with us doing was you know going back. Let's look through their draft picks, and I know you want to talk more about some of that stuff. The, yeah, the development. The development. I do. I right? do want to do that stuff too. Yeah, and I made the point that like. At the same time, this has been an, a team that has had extraordinarily bad luck. You know, and I know no one wants to hear bad luck right after you lose again, but the way the cards have fallen with last year in Montreal, it's like you lose Tavares, and, and no one wants to hear this, I know. They're up 3-1. Tavares and Muzzin, w- I know. Yeah. But did they lose Tavares and Muzzin or yes, not? Yes, they did. Yeah. Did they lose 3-1 if they yeah. have both those guys in there? Probably not. Lose, Very likely not.
0: Did you lose Braden Point after the first period?
1: Yeah, for two periods they
0: did. Yeah. Tavares okay. didn't play the
1: whole yeah. series. It was bad luck there. This year, the Tampa, the year you actually are healthy. The year before, you you have Qadri take multiple suspensions at the wrong time. My point is, things have broken badly, the pandemic as well, that have just, they've been unlucky where they've needed a
2: bounce. You
0: are 100% correct. We don't want to hear it. I know. (laughs) It kind of makes me feel a little better. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Does it? Like, just that. No, no, not even better. It reaffirms what I know that this Toronto Maple Leafs team is cursed and I will never see them win a cup <laughs> in my lifetime.
0: So <laughs> it, doesn't makes make me feel it doesn't make me
2: feel better, but at least I have misery as company when you say those kind of but things. But now I'm willing
1: to hand the ball back to you,
0: yeah. to your point. So uh, just to go uh, a little bit back to to, to Brendan making that that decision to go a uh, new wave, right, with, with Kyle. And yeah. here we are now uh Kyle's going into his fourth year as general manager or fifth? Fifth. Fifth. I feel like the fifth. Okay. And I do believe that that's a long enough time to to start really doing some uh, assessing with his development, with 100%. where he's gone and, you know, the pros and the cons. And just in general, when we still talk about uh, the, the new analytic world, I think we've come to the conclusion at this point where you've got to look at it and say, yeah, there's some really good parts about that. And you know, the numbers don't lie in certain situations. And this is, and you've taught me this over our our period of three or four, four four months. Like there's some stuff I really support Mm -hmm. that you've come up to me and I say, I buy that. I buy the numbers. That means something to me. And then there's other parts of the analytics. You go, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's not flying with me. And that's just, uh, blah, 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 and just push it out to the side. And I think that's what I've seen out of four years of, of Kyle mm-hmm. is that there's certain things that you like, and he's been able to find a few diamond in the roughs. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe that was the analytics in him that that found him and good on him. And, yeah, sure. pat yourself on the back for a, a bunting and a kasha for, for getting what you could Even out of Labushkin, a rhythm. yeah. Labushkin, all of that. But when it comes to not trying to reinvent the wheel in this game. 100% agree. You have to go back to where it all begins, and for me, it is the draft table. Yeah. Okay. This is where you build championships. And this, I'm sorry for Kyle. He has mailed, he has failed miserably. Hmm absolutely miserably and go no further than i'm watching game seven saturday night and i'm saying to myself how many in in the last four years how many draft choices of kyle's was playing game seven how many is it zero well, other than the the the, the horses, right? Well, well, yeah. Where is <clears throat> the development? But, but I, but those
1: were all drafted w- well. It was Mark Hunter here as well, yeah. right? And
0: so, well, you know what? The- We've got the list. So I think, yeah, and and I'm sure Mark Hunter's involved in in probably uh, a few. But mm-hmm. Mark Hunter's been gone now for a while too. Oh yeah. oh yeah, you know. And when when you think about again that that roster Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I don't hang a, a lot of it on on Mark Mark Hunter. It's been long enough for sure for Kyle to have found a few picks that could contribute to a Saturday night game seven win, outside of a first overall pick, a fourth overall pick, or you know, uh, what was Nylander uh, eighth, top ten. Yeah, outside of your top ten picks, yeah, he needed to find somebody Ross in four years. You know what kills me? You know that what... could have been a huge contributor. So, go ahead. Lilligren mm-hmm. and Sandin, those were your two first rounders that needed to have an impact, that have been around the organization long enough and developed long enough. They needed to be impactful players Saturday night. They weren't good enough for you to put into your roster. That's an issue.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the one that kills me is, uh, you know, analytics. Basically, it's like the value of your top five is huge, top ten. They're almost certainly in the NHL, and it drops pretty quickly, the value. And so analytics says you're better off trading, you know, whatever, the 30th pick for two picks at 45 and 50, you know, just because you'd rather have two tickets there. You know, they could have had Travis Konechny, and they traded for the two picks that became
0: Dermot and Bracco. But I, I hate doing that. I know,
1: I hate it, but listen. Why?
0: Why? It's important. uh, It's really important. Don't, don't, why are you shrugging it off? I'm not shrugging it off. You're wondering why your team fell short. And I'm telling you, it's because lack of development the last six years.
1: Here, If I can make a case here, Kipper, a case for one of the reasons there's been a lack of development is they graduated everyone all at once. You know, it was this 2018 team. Remember, we were going to talk about this Calder Cup team today.
0: The, Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keith won the Calder Cup in 2018. Yes, sir. Okay. That Tampa Bay Lightning team won the Calder Cup in 2012. Is that right? Correct? I don't know. Yeah. You know who the head coach was? <laughs> was it John Cooper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know who they developed out of that team? Lots of players. Tyler Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Palat. So the Colborne. I was in with the youngest, Marlies
1: when Syracuse beat us in Yanni seven Gord. games one year. And you know who was on that team? It was Yanni Gord, Carter Verhage. Uh You can go through that hockey team. Okay. Matthew Joseph. All right, uh, let's go through tons the. Of good let's, let's
0: go through the Marlies, 2018. They won the Calder Cup. That's pretty cool. That says th- they graduated that- guys. They're just not here. They did.
1: So, Andreas Janssen, New Jersey, Trevor Moore, Los Angeles, Carl Grunstrom, Los Angeles, Mason Marchman, Florida. You know, you go through the team, there's guys, Adam Brooks, is he Vegas?
2: Buddy,
0: you're, you're making a great point for me.
1: I know I am. They
2: graduated, guys, they're just not here. Well, I mean, you think, if you're talking about, they traded a few of them for Jake Muzzin.
1: Like they made like they, they turned them mu- into
2: players. That's a it's a great point. It's not like they're just gone. They did shade that they turned them into guys.
1: Well, not Mason Marchman. Well, hey, yeah. they well, turned them into guys. Turned, buddy, they turned he. Hey, Malkin played the
2: Olympics, okay. buddy.
0: Come on. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, hold on, time out. Hold on. They turned them into guys that can't get out of the first round. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I'm aware. Okay, <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> yeah. So now, the the pool keeps depleting guys it's going the other way it's planes trains and automobiles you're going the wrong way yeah well how does he know he's drunk (laughs) that's that's the development part and what happens now again to your point of we've turned them into other things but those other things have not worked out. And some of
1: the things they turn them into are fixing errors. Like, you know, who would have been amazing for this Toronto Maple Leafs team, Connor Brown, Connor Brown would have been unbelievable, but I think what did you need him to get rid of the Zaitsev deal? Right? So that that's a tough contract where you lose a great player too, another depth guy, I don't know. But, you know, look at who you get back for Andreas Janssen. Uh, Joey Anderson hasn't played any games yet. Yeah. Or who you get back for Mar- um, Marchman, a guy who hasn't played any games yet. Malgren. Dennis Mollgren,
0: yeah. He's not going,
2: and he's not going to be playing
0: any games. He is not going to play any So now you're going into year six of trying to get out of the first round, and you're going into the draft table this year with – Three picks, if I'm not mistaken. Three picks. Three picks. Go tell your scouts now to don't screw up on three picks. The one thing that's They've done well. The, the one thing that Iserman always did is he had an overabundance of draft picks. And the key in that is that you know you're gonna throw the darts up there and you're gonna miss. Mm-hmm. But if you got enough picks, you hope that you you get one. You go in there with six or seven or eight. You don't go in there with three. like Three. And next year, how many? The year after, they have five of seven. Um,
1: do you want to hear Kyle on the prospect pool? Or do you want to get into the prospect I'd love pool? To. We have all sorts of thoughts love on the to. prospect
3: pool. I, I think in the last several drafts, we've really added to the depth of the pool. We haven't picked particularly high. The one time we did have a high pick, you know, I'll answer that. You know subsequently on, on rodeon and the unfortunate uh, situation there but i think we we feel as though these prospects are starting to push at the end of the year with with the marley's um you know pontus holmberg came over he was a sixth round pick in 2018 and he played exceptionally well for them and we feel he'll challenge for the roster here next year he played on the olympic team he's won a championship in sweden um you know, we've, we, the next year you have Robertson, he's been up and down, felt he played his best hockey at the end of the year. And you mentioned Niemela and Hervonen, so we feel that the depth is there. We added Matthew Nyes, Ty Voigt, and uh, the goaltender, Vyacheslav Peksa, last year. All of them had exceptional seasons. So I'm very happy with where the amateur uh, scouting staff has taken things, despite not having a lot of picks in two of the, the three drafts, really. Um, and we need, as I told the, the players yesterday that are in that mold of Marley's or below, we need them to grow together and come together quickly and expedite things to, uh, with their development.
0: Quickly. Yeah. Expedite. We six six years of trying to get out of the first round. <laughs> hey, hey, snap it. Say, boys, boys, we boys, no, try quickly. harder. We quickly. have the no bottom six. <laughs> quickly. Yeah. I don't know. His first Two mentions of prospects mm-hmm. is a sixth round pick, buddy. They've been picking good. Their amateur scouts are finding guys. In theory, S- you are asking a sixth pick, yeah, for help. Is that Pontus Holmberg? Is I'm, that like, you're talking I'm about? thinking about my like. I was in the Flyer organization early. I'm like, ah, we got no chance. <laughs> You know, you can't even you can't even get a real number. Like uh, you can't even get real letters on your um, uh, on your jersey. When you're a sixth rounder, when you're a sixth rounder, yeah, you get the you're Velcro. Your number hundred and eight. You get Velcro. <laughs> but I, but you- by the by the end of the game, my last name's Rios. <laughs> I'm like, what happened? Oh, the the, the K Y and the P they're stuck along the boards. <laughs> They're stuck in the glass. Can I get my... Uh, where are you going? Too many men on the ice. I'm just going to get my K back. <laughs> I'm going gonna... to get my the letter K back for my jersey. Sorry. But so
1: that's who we're counting on here.
0: You just look at what the Lightning have done through the draft,
2: and you look at Palat in 2011th in the seventh round pick. You look at Kucherov in the second round in that same draft. Vasilevsky. Uh, you just, they have all their guys that they've picked. Braden Point in the third round. You know, Ma- uh, Matthew Joseph, who they turned into Nick Paul, um, who... Leaf fans may know Ross Colton in the fourth round. Like it's just yeah. They've they've lined. Listen, the Leafs have hit the Leafs have hit their top picks. Like they've I mean, Neilander was a hit. Martyr was a hit. Matthews is a hit. Hey, but career out,
1: years too. But outside of that Career years and that, you can't get out of the first round. Where where was Pierre Engvall drafted, guys? Seventh round. Seventh round. Seventh round. Fifteen goal guy. Played fifteen yes. minutes tonight. He mattered. Justin Hall a draft pick? No, they traded for him, right? Anyway. Game seven? Yeah.
0: You've got Engvall to show off of your Marley championship. It's lean. It's a lean. That's not a good look, no. guys. That's not development.
1: No, it's not. And I am curious. Then, so him talking about development and guys coming internally. He was asked about that directly, right? You know, yes, I expect guys to come along. Oh, we're somehow we're past time.
0: I don't know.
2: And Brian called. and We got a break, so. Yeah, oh, Ronnie. did he? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Hey,
0: we're, we're going to pick up this conversation. Yeah, yeah I, I got lots more. I got lots you guys say. were worried we had nothing to say today. Uh, All bit. right, let's go to break. We're going to get Hall of Famer Brian Leach. <clears throat> After the break, you're watching and listening, of course, to Real Kipper and Born.